Right. Well, have you guys ever tried to shoot at a target you couldn't see? I've tried to shoot at a target. <laughs> yes, did you do the airsoft thing on Friday? Sweet. Okay, so um, this last summer, you guys know Mr. Hinkle, big, big Hink, um, invited me to go paintballing. And uh, you go out paintballing, and two people showed up wearing full camouflage. Okay? Their names were Mr. Schwartz and Mr. Johnson. Mr. Schwartz is a former Navy SEAL. Mr. Johnson is a former Marine. So they walk up wearing full camo, and immediately they're like talking about, like, oh yeah, they're still, were they issuing these things in your day? They got the gloves that have like, you know, every finger is covered except the trigger finger, you know, and you're just like, hmm. You know, like I wore some baggy clothes so it wouldn't hurt as much, you know, that's what I did to prepare. And, um, and we're all kind of like nervously like joking around about them being out here with us. And then, you know, obviously we're like, you know, whose team you want to be on, you know? And they're like, okay, we're going to split up into teams. And it was just like, everyone just split down the middle. And they were on one team with a bunch of people, and I was on the other team. And I was like, dang it, you know, this is not good. And that was basically the story for the day, was trying to hit a target that you literally could not see. I mean, I got lit up down the back of my body, down my backside, down my legs, never even saw him, you know? And they had snuck through the trees and everything. Oh. It's like I, I never even saw the two of them the entire time. And yet I was shot multiple times by them. Okay? Well, my goal for today is as we're talking about holiness, I can imagine that for some of us, we might have this really fuzzy idea of what holiness actually is. Like, what are we really talking about here? Um, and if the Bible's calling us to aim at holiness, that that's our target, it's really important that we have a target that we can actually see that we're aiming for, right? So that's the goal for today. The goal is simply to make the target clear. What is holiness? Make it crystal clear what we're talking about as we talk about holiness. So just a quick review. We've talked about how we are holy, right? We've talked about how God makes us holy the day we come to him, that we are set apart, and that's what we described holiness as meaning last time, that it means you're, you're set apart from the rest of the world for a specific purpose, to, to live a life for God and not for ourselves, live a life of obedience, not of sin, and yet we're also growing in holiness, right? So all of us, I think, would agree that though we are holy, functionally, if we're a Christian, because God has said that we are holy, we aren't really holy, we don't always do holy things. And so we are holy, but we're also needing to grow in holiness. And we've also heard this uh, in Scripture. 1 Peter 1.16 says, You shall be holy, for I am holy. And I just want to keep bringing that into our minds because it's really important to hear how straightforward that is, right? You should be holy, for I, your God, am holy. This is not something that's like fuzzy, it's not something that's optional. It's, it's a clear command, okay? The question is, what, what is it? What are we really aiming at? What are we trying to get to when we're talking about holiness? And before we talk about that, we're just going to do really simple today. We're going to talk about what holiness is not, and we're going to talk about what it is. But before we get there, I want to kind of put you guys on guard a little bit. Put you on guard for how your heart might respond to something that you're going to hear today. Okay, so two things that we need to know about ourselves going into this message. The first thing is, as humans, we're wired to rebel. 
We're rebels. Okay? We're like our father Adam. We're like our mother Eve, who though they were made perfect and put in the perfect garden, still rebelled against the perfect God. And, and I say that because you're going to hear words like obey today. And for some of us, I don't know how many of you, you, you kind of just, uh, like, you just kind of bristle under the word obey. Like, you just need to obey me. That just kind of rubs us the wrong way. Really? I need to obey you? Who are, who are you to tell me I need to obey you? Like, how many times are you sitting in your room, you know, you're minding your own business, or you're playing video games, you're doing whatever, and your dad walks in the room, and before he even says anything, you're already annoyed. Because you know he's going to say, I need you to clean the garage, or I need you to go and finish your homework. And you're just like, oh, he's going to ask me to do something. And I'm going to have to choose, am I going to obey? And I don't want to. I want to keep doing exactly what I'm doing right now. Okay, so, so scripture is going to call us to the standard of obeying. I, I meet with a guy every Monday, a college student. And he's a guy who, truth be told, I'm not sure he's saved goes to a Christian school, and, he, and he's got a Christian major, um, but as we talk, his life just doesn't, it doesn't line up, it's just, it's fuzzy, it's hard to tell if he's actually saved, and he said to me the other day, I hate it when people just tell me to do stuff, it's just like, I, I just hate it, I just hate being told what I have to do, and I think that that's what I'm kind of getting at, is that we all kind of have this in us, that we have this desire not to be told, who are you to tell me what to do? So keep an eye on your heart as we go through this morning. And, and if it starts to bristle or kind of get uncomfortable and you, you start thinking like excuses, like here's why I am the way I am, that's why I'm not this way, take note of it because your heart is leading you in the wrong direction. Okay? Your heart does lead you in the wrong direction. The second thing we're wired to be is we're wired to be lazy. Okay, we all know that. We're wired to be lazy, and it, no excuse when it comes to holiness, or, or no exception, I should say, no exception when it comes to holiness. So as we listen this morning, we may be led to think one of two things. You might kind of be like on the spiritual high horse of pride, and you hear this stuff, and you're like, yeah, I never murdered anyone. I got this covered. Holiness, check. Yeah, I, you know, I come to church every week. I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm pretty sure I got this covered. No, you don't. Okay? And we're going to talk about why, because holiness is a standard that's way above what we might think it is, okay? Second thing is we might be driven to spiritual despair. We might go, oh man, if that's what holiness is, well then what's the point? Like, I'm never going to be able to do that. And that's also not what scripture says. Okay? Scripture says you need to be holy for I am holy. And, and I don't think God says that knowing it's impossible. So just some things to be on guard for um, and be in touch with your heart as we, as we go through. So first of all, what holiness is not. We're going to go through a few things. So holiness is not just being a good kid, okay? So a lot of you are just, you're good kids, okay? You are nice to people. You generally do nice things to people, okay? But holiness isn't just being nice to people. It's not just following a checklist of do's and don'ts, okay? So holiness is not made up of all the good things you do. I go to church, I read my Bible, I, you know, I'm in the choir, I play in the worship team up here. That doesn't make you holy. Holiness is not about all the bad things you don't do. I don't watch that movie, I don't, you know, hang out with those people, I don't listen to that music. That doesn't make you holy either, okay? These things matter, they, they are important, I'm not saying those aren't important, 
but holiness is more than just being a good kid. Okay? Holiness, second, is not tied to any degree or job or accomplishment. Okay, so you might think, um, you know, really holy people, they go to like that kind of a school, they get this kind of a job, they get these kinds of awards. That's, that's what holiness is. And the reality is there's a lot of people who go to that kind of a school and have these kinds of jobs and get these kinds of awards who aren't holy. And I'm talking about pastors and missionaries and um, they go to Christian colleges. I'm talking about this kid that I'm meeting with on Mondays, you know, sitting across from him. It's like, man, I'm not really sure if you really know Jesus. And you go to chapel three times a week. Well, he doesn't, but he's supposed to. (laughs) And you're like, hmm. Are we holy? Okay? So holiness, it's not tied. You don't have to be a pastor to be holy. You don't have to be a missionary to be holy. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher to be holy. It's something that we are all called to, and it's something that we can all achieve. Okay? Not just those who get the Timothy Award. Nuana. Okay? Just, and even those of you who didn't even go to Awana, your parents were like, nope, too late on Wednesday nights. We're not sending our kids to Awana. It's okay. You too can be holy. Okay? <laughs> So holiness is not tied to any of those things. Also, holiness is not automatic. This is really important. Holiness is not automatic. It's not something that just happens as you grow older. Some of us, we kind of go through life like it's just going to happen someday. Someday, I'm just going to grow more holy by nature of growing up. And that's not true. Okay, because all you have to do is look out at the world and all the old people who are really not holy. Okay? So holiness doesn't just happen. It's not something God just is like, oh, you went to church, bing, you get to be holy. It's something that takes your effort. You have to participate in it. It's not automatic. Holiness is also not immediate. Okay? It doesn't just happen immediately. So my hope is that as we talk about holiness, that hopefully your heart has been stirred. Hopefully as you heard this command, you should be holy as I am holy, you're like, huh, man, like God actually means that. He actually says that to me. I don't really think about holiness a whole lot. And as we've gone through, my hope is that you would start thinking, I, I need to focus on this more. I need to think about this more. I need to actually start working on this more. And sometimes we can kind of have this like spiritual high after a series and like, that's it. I am choosing to be holy. And then you give it your go for one week, and you're like, man, I still am such a sinner. All right, I give up. Holiness is not immediate. It's something that takes time. And, And the reason is because our sin, which is so holiness, if you think about it like this, the, the sin that you do is way out here. Your holiness is way back here. And ho- when you grow in holiness, you're reigning in your sins and you're growing in your holiness. You're cutting back on sin. You're doing what's right. So stop doing what's wrong. Start doing what's right. That's what growth in holiness looks like. And God mercifully doesn't show you all the ways that you are unholy right now. He shows you one way that you're unholy. And behind that is another way. And behind that is another way. And the work is long and lifelong, and there's a lot of it. It's like cleaning a really messy house, okay? So typically, I come home, and my wife does a great job helping to keep the kids going, and, and yet there's four little hoodlums running around, right? And so when I get home before dinner, usually the first thing we do is we clean the house. Okay? we got to work on cleaning the house. 
Um, and so imagine that your life is like a house that is really, really messy, okay? Like 14 three-year-olds have been in your house unwatched for a whole day. That's, that's what we're picturing, okay? Dishes are everywhere. There's food stuck to the table and under the table and on the walls. There's, um, oh man, puzzles. You know, like, you get puzzles for your kids. You're like, oh, it's going to make them smart. Their little brains are going to be putting things together. No, they're not. They're going to take the puzzle and for no apparent reason, dump it out and then walk away. That is what puzzles are for, okay? And so you've got puzzle pieces. And it's not just one puzzle. It's multiple puzzles, right? So now they're all mixed. He's trying to find the Spider-Man and the Barbie and get them in the right box so that the puzzles can go back together again someday, okay? you got puzzles everywhere. Um, the stairs are covered in clothes and toys, the basement, you've got all the cushions in the basement, not to mention the, all, the, all the pillows from every room and all the blankets from every room because it was a fort building day. So everything is in the basement, you have to figure out what goes back where, and then you add to that, you've got the vacuuming, the dusting, the window washing, the weeding, the peeling paint that needs to be fixed, the crumbling chimney, the leaky faucets, the noise in the basement that you're too scared to investigate. All these things are happening in your house, right? And this is what your life is like as you're trying to approach holiness. So the question is, how is this ever going to be cleaned up? And what's the answer? A little bit at a time, right? Slowly. It's going to be cleaned up slowly, a little bit at a time. And leaving it for later is not going to do anything, is it? And so when we look at our life and our desire to grow in holiness and we see all the junk, the response isn't, I can never clean this up. Why even start? The response is, let's start with what I can see and start working on it a little bit at a time. So holiness is not immediate. It's a a long process. And also holiness is not optional. This is something that we keep hitting over and over. But holiness is is not optional. It's, it's not something that God only expects from those who are like the super spiritual people. You're a pastor, you're an elder, you know, you're a parent. Yeah, but you need to be holy. But youth group, not so much. Like we don't really care about them until they hit a certain age. That's not true. It's not something that we can just save for later. And the reason is because we've seen throughout scripture that holiness is the reason why we were saved. We are saved to be holy. That's why Jesus saves us to make us holy, and holy is the evidence that we are saved, okay? When we do holy things, it's showing that God has saved us, and he is at work in us. So whether you're 65 or you're 16, you need to always be growing in holiness. I mean, listen to what Hebrews 12, 14 says. It says, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Without this holiness, you will never see God. Or 1 Corinthians 6, 9, do you not know that the unrighteous, those people who don't do right things, who aren't holy, will not inherit the kingdom of God? So if you, if you don't care about holiness, that is a big problem. Finally, I think I said finally last time, but there's one more. Finally, holiness is not lame. All right? Choosing to pursue holiness is not choosing to have no fun in life or to be a perpetual party pooper. You don't have to go out and get a shirt that says, please don't ask me to do anything fun. I'm trying to be holy. (laughs) 
you can have fun and you can be holy. Okay? John 10.10, Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Do you think abundant life is a life that has no fun? I don't think so. Okay, the fruit of the Spirit, love. What's the next one? Joy. The fruit of Jesus' Spirit at work in you, doing work in you, is that you have joy. And I think joy and laughter go really well together. Okay? So, so just because you're choosing to be holy doesn't mean that you're choosing a lame life. Okay? So what is holiness? What is holiness? We've got three things I want to talk about. Remember, we're getting the target nice and clear so we can see. So to be holy, number one, is to be perfect. But that doesn't mean holiness is impossible. Okay, so let's talk about that. To be holy is to be perfect. When God calls us to be holy, he is calling us to nothing less than absolute perfection in everything you do, you think, you say, you feel, you want, you desire. That's what holiness is. Jesus says in Matthew 5:48, "You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect." So the, you, the level of perfection is God level perfection. Okay? Not like I need to be as good as my youth pastor, but as good as God perfect. That's the target. That's the standard we're being called to aim at. So the first question for you is, is that the target you are aiming at? And here's some things you would ask yourself. Is there a sin in my life that I know about, but I'm doing nothing to fight it? Has God revealed sin in your heart and you're just, I'm I'm not even saying you've conquered it. I'm just saying you're doing nothing to fight it. Okay? Am, I, am I leaving sin for another day? If I am, I'm aiming at the wrong target. If I've grown comfortable with my sin, if I just tell myself, you know what, it's just a little lie. It's not like I murdered anyone. Or are we justifying our sin, saying it's really that small little thing, it's not a big one? If so, we're aiming at the wrong target. So God calls us to aim at the target of perfect holiness. But... Does that mean that we're never going to be holy because none of us can be perfect? We know in 1 John 1, 1.8 it says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So 1 John tells us you're never going to get there. You're always going to have sin. So does that mean it's impossible? Well, no. Just like a house that's super messy may look impossible to clean, we know that it's possible to make progress, don't we? It's possible to start with the bedroom work on that for a while and get it looking pretty nice. It's not perfect. There's still dust on things and the you know, windows need to be washed, but it's looking way better than it did when we started. So in the same way, holiness is not impossible. Progress can be made. Okay? Because holiness is a process. It's something that we grow in. It isn't something that we get only when we become perfect. So growing, this might be helpful, growing in holiness doesn't mean that you become sinless. It means that you sin less, okay? You don't have to be sinless to be holy. You just have to sin less. So you're, you're growing in holiness. So with that in mind, holiness is 
possible. We can stop lying. We can think of others before ourselves. We can be humble. We can have greater control over our tongue. We can learn to be self-controlled. We can clean up one room of our life before moving on to the next. We can see real, genuine change in our lives. And I can affirm that it's happening right here. Right? So I get to hang out with you guys. Some of you guys I've hung out with for four whole years. And I can affirm that holiness is taking root in your lives. You are different than you were when you were a middle schooler. First of all, you're nowhere near as annoying as you were. Okay? No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just a dig at the middle schoolers, right? You don't annoy me. You don't annoy me. Right? Um, but God is doing a work in you. Okay? And I don't want to say specific names because I want you all to know that God's doing a work in you. Um, but your parents, your small group leaders, people who are close to you, ask them. Go to them and say, like, how have you seen me change in the last year? How have, how have you seen, how am I different than you remember me being a, two years ago? As, as a gauge for, am I really growing in holiness? And if they say, you've actually gotten worse, don't be like, well, you jerk, same to you. <laughs> no, take it as good advice to maybe we need to drill down on this a little bit, right? We need to drill down on holiness. Now, sometimes Christians can make so much of God's grace and so much of our sin that we think that holiness is impossible. And this can happen in a church with, like, our theology, where, where we really believe that, you know, we can't do anything to contribute to our salvation, right? So we might say things like, oh, I'm a sinner through and through. I know I can't obey God's commands for even a nanosecond. I'll never be able to obey God's commands and eat my righteous deeds, even those are like filthy rags and you know, just praise God that he saved me. You know, it's only by his grace that I can, you know, be saved at all. And there's genuine truth there. Okay, there is genuine truth, but it's not very careful in how it's being stated. It's true that our righteousness can never save us and that we need God's grace every step of the way. It is true that we need God's help and strength to be holy, but it is also true that we can grow in holiness, that we can be holy for more than a nanosecond. We actually can start doing things that God tells us to do and that this pleases God, that God loves to see our righteousness being worked out. And we'll talk more about that in a second here. We've got to go along here. Okay, so holiness, what is it uh, or what it is? We grow in holiness the more we obey God's commands. So we've got perfection. That's what holiness is. That's what we're aiming at. Where do we see what is perfect? We've got to see God's commands. And just a quick run through. Holiness is a word that sums up obedience to every command. So for example, if you're growing in honesty, you're growing in holiness. If you're growing in humility, you're growing in holiness. If you're growing in patience, you're growing in holiness. It's this big word under which all of God's commands fall. So what did Jesus say were the two greatest commandments? Yeah, love your neighbor and love the Lord your God. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God, right? So God and neighbor, so two greatest commands. That's am I loving neighbor, am I loving myself? That's holiness. We've got the Ten Commandments, right? No, no gods before God, no idols. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath, honor your father and mother. You shall not murder, commit adultery, steal, lie, covet. This is God's commands. These are the things we're aiming at. Don't do these things. And then we've got the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus takes a number of those commands and he, he says, you have heard it said, do not murder. But I say to you, don't be angry. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery, but I say to you, don't lust. In other words, holiness doesn't just attack the fruit of sin, it attacks the root of the sin. 
Okay, so it's not enough to be like, well, I never killed anybody. Jesus says, well, have you been angry with anybody? Well, it's not like I've committed adultery. Well, have you lusted? So Jesus is saying, if you really want to be holy, you've got to attack even the root of the sin, even the very, very first step in the direction of sin, you need to attack it. And then throughout scripture, we've got these lists of vices, things you should not do, lists of virtues, things you should do. Um, and so that's defining for us what holiness is. It's God's commands. And third... We grow in holiness by listening to our consciences, okay? So you have a conscience, right? You have this this little voice inside of you that when you are tempted to do something wrong or someone says, hey, come with me and do this thing, you have this little like, inside of you, right? I don't know if I should do that. That's your conscience speaking to you, okay? And this is a real gift from God. A real gift from God that we have a conscience because we don't necessarily know all the rules, do we? How many of you, you know, could tell me every single rule that the Bible has of things you should do and things you shouldn't do? Well, we, we don't always have that immediately on the top of our head. And also, the Bible doesn't always give us a rule for our specific situation, right? So, for example, the Bible doesn't say, thou shalt watch PG and no higher. You know, it just, it just gives us other principles that helps us decide what we should want. It doesn't say, thou shalt not listen to Lady Gaga. <laughs> it doesn't tell us who we shouldn't hang out with. Thou shalt not hang out with the Joneses. They are unholy. Oh, dang it, we have a Jones here. Sorry about that, Jonesies. <laughs> My bad, Ella. That was just a general name I was going for out there. You guys can hang out with Ella. She, she, that does not apply. Um, so the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what to do in every scenario, but God has given us a conscience. He's given us something inside of us that helps us to think and see about what is right and what is wrong. So Paul, he, he had this standard for himself. And the standard was to never have anything that he knew against himself. So he says it this way in Acts, I always take pains to have a clear conscience toward God and toward man. Which means, I can't think, if you were to ask me if there's anything between me and God right now, or me and anybody else in this room right now, I wouldn't be able to think of anything. Not because I've never sinned, but because I've talked to God about the stuff that I did bad to him, and and I've gone to the person that I've wronged, and and I've resolved it. So I, I live with a clear conscience. He says to the Corinthians, I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. So he's very quick to say, I'm not saying I'm innocent, but right now, at this moment, right now, God is not bringing anything to mind when I say, is there something I need to confess? Is there someone I need to go to to make things right? Living with a clear conscience. And so can we say that about ourselves? Do we live in a way where our conscience is our friend? Does it guide us, or do we just kind of try to ignore it? Are we constantly telling our consciences to shut up and leave me alone? Okay, so it's very helpful to listen to our conscience if we want to be holy. We're commanded to listen to our consciences. Um, And it really helps us with these gray areas in life. So you guys remember the very first week, we put all these things up that were holy and things that were unholy. And and one of the things we hit was like watching PG-13, or watching movies with violence. And the room was just divided, kind of. Some were like, yes, some were like, no. So what do we do? 
Watching movies with certain scenes in them. Yes, no, what do we do? This is where your conscience comes in. And I want to read a clip, or a clip, that's, that's what movies are, a page here, paragraph here. This is the book that I've been using. It's really helpful, The Hole in Our Holiness, okay? And, and here's what this pastor says. He's a great guy. He says, I'm not a big movie buff. I've seen my fair share, but if I have an evening free, I'd rather read a book, play a game, or watch sports than take in a movie. My wife, on the other hand, likes movies, mostly BBC costume dramas and other pretty innocent fare. But sometimes there will be scenes that unsettle me. Usually these are sexual or sensual in some way. It doesn't take much skin for me to feel guilty. Is this because as a guy I'm more susceptible to visual temptation? Definitely, that's part of it. Is my sensitive conscience a sign that I am progressing in sanctification? I'm not sure. I have to be careful which movies in particular, uh, or sorry, I have to be careful with movies in particular that I don't assume my pangs of conscience mean everyone else tuned in is committing a sin. Okay, I want you to think about how many times do you say to someone, you shouldn't listen to that group. You're sinning if you do. You shouldn't watch that movie. You're sinning if you do. And sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's clearly obvious that a certain thing is a sin to watch and do. But sometimes it's a sin for you to watch it, but not for someone else. And the reason it's a sin for you to watch it and not someone else is because when you watch it, your conscience is telling you, this isn't good, this isn't helpful, this isn't making you holy, this isn't something that you can thank God for, this isn't growing in your relationship with Christ, and yet you're going against it to go and watch that movie. It's a sin for you to do that. And yet someone else can watch it and not feel that way, not be convicted and, and watch that, and it's not a sin. Okay? Um, so he says, when my conscience is pricked, I should not continue watching. A tender conscience is a terrible thing to waste. So do you listen to your conscience? So we grow in holiness by listening to our conscience. So in summary, the target for holiness is perfect obedience. That's what we're going for, perfect obedience. Holiness is possible to grow in by learning and obeying God's commands one by one and by listening to our consciences. This is how we grow in holiness. This is what we're aiming at. And so I just want to close by asking this question. Does the fact that God calls us to an impossible standard, does this make it that God is not really that good? Does it mean that God's really not that good if he asks us to do something that we can't do? Well, let me ask you this. Would you say it's a good coach who says to you, all right, guys, our, year, our, our goal this year is to not be terrible. Let's just, come on. One game, if we're lucky, maybe two will win. We're just going to try to not be like the worst this year. Is that a good coach? Or how about a teacher who says, you know what, I consider that if anyone gets a, everyone passes my class, my job is done here. Okay, I'm going, we're going for C minuses across the board. If you get bigger than that, good for you. I don't really care. Is that a good teacher? If your parents come to you and they say, you know what, just do whatever the heck you want. Just don't go to jail. Like, just stay out of jail, and I don't care what you do. Is that a good parent? No. Right? Good coaches say... We're aiming for the championship, right? We want to be the best. And if you listen to me and we work hard, we can get there. Good teachers say, I want you to get an A-plus in this class, and I'm going to help you along the way to help you get there, right? A good parent says, I want you to succeed and do well in life, and I want to give you wisdom and walk alongside you to help you get there. 
And so a good God would not be a God who says, let me lower the standard so it's a little easier to hit for you. A good God sets the standard high, just like a good coach and a good teacher and a good parent does. And a good God comes alongside you and says, let me help. Let me help you with this. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about how God partners with us and helps us to grow in sanctification. So here's the question I want to leave with you. Ask yourself, not am I perfectly holy, but do I want to be perfectly holy? Is that the desire of my heart? Is my desire to be like God? Ask yourself, not am I perfectly holy, but am I taking steps towards becoming perfectly holy? What messy room has God put in front of me so that I can start cleaning it up? And am I cleaning it up or am I just wallowing in the filth of that room? Let's start cleaning up our lives, working on holiness, because God says, I am holy, so you also should be holy. And we'll pray and ask God to help us with this. Lord, we continue to come back to the standard that you have set for us. It's an impossibly high standard that no one has fulfilled except Jesus Christ himself. And yet we need to do so with the reminder that we pursue holiness not to earn your love, but because you loved us. And you call us to to it out of your love. So Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be honest with our hearts, help us to be honest with ourselves. I pray that you would fine-tune our Uh, thoughts and our, our radars to sin in our lives, to unholiness, to what you're revealing to us. And I pray that you would guard us from spiritual pride and from spiritual despair, knowing that holiness is possible and holiness is achievable with your help. So help us, Lord, to begin the process of cleaning up the unholiness in our life and to grow in holiness. And may we rejoice as we see it happening knowing that it means you are at work in us and we are yours. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.